Welcome to the Lucrative Society. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis. And I'm Sean Stevenson. Enjoy the show. All right, Jesse, I am so grateful that you are on the Lucrative Society with Mindy and I. And I just wanted to kick this off right away by saying you're a dear friend. I love who you are on the planet, but I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck you do. Welcome to the club. Uh, I, I, I myself am in that club. And so uh, the, the feeling is mutual on the uh, love and appreciation side, although I have a little more sense of what you guys are up to. Um, and, I'm, and I'm just stoked to be here. When, when uh, Mindy reached out, it was like, yeah, man, this just feels so good. So excited to see what unfolds today. Good, good. So what the fuck do you do? Uh, I seem to be a sort of catalyst for people's best ideas. Um, uh, I've, I didn't create that. That was a, a title or a description that was given by a client after we spent some time together. And uh, in his words, he said, I, I just forgot to be a dick. He said, I just forgot to be afraid. I forgot to be overwhelmed. It just, everything just seemed so clear. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew exactly how to do it. And it was as if I had sort of talked to my future self and came back with all the information that I needed. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I do talk about is firmly in the realm of science fiction um, until it starts to produce results. And then people swear by it. They go and they burn their entire personal development libraries. And they're like, holy shit, I am the power. This is pretty cool. Uh, see you never. So my retention's terrible. And I'm cool with that because it means that uh, I really can be a one-stop shop for people in the personal development space. Uh, you know, when you say this, the first thing that popped in my head, Mindy had me read a phenomenal book uh, at the end of last year. And I, I somehow feel like you're one of the characters in this book, Richard. Illusions. Oh, totally. Have you read Illusions? Uh, Richard Bach. Yeah. Yeah, amazing author. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, can be, yeah. You're, you're basically in the book. Uh, it's funny how you defined that because when I was talking earlier to Sean about this interview, he said, well, what, I don't really know what Jesse does. I think he's a time traveler. And you just essentially said that. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. we're gonna have an amazing conversation today. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> One of the things that I'd love to talk about with everybody is a little bit of the path that they took to get to where they are today. It's really sexy and fun to talk, you know, what's going on right now, but, but none of us were an overnight success and we all took different journeys to arrive at wherever we have currently landed. 100%. 100%. I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your journey to right now. Yeah, uh, by, by my parents' own admission, uh, I was sort of an experiment. Um, my childhood was, a, was an experiment in uh, ex extreme permissiveness. They were very good about creating safe boundaries uh, for, as far as physical safety, although by today's standards, they would probably be considered negligent and maybe had uh, child protective services called on them. But they, uh, I was talking to my dad a couple of, about a year and a half ago about this, and he said, you know, was, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but you seemed like you knew what you were doing. So we did the best we could to stay out of our way, out of your way. And I, I teared up, man, when he told me that, because I remember being a kid, being little, little, like two, three years old and going for these walks on the, you know, on the coast or wherever we were and just looking back and, and they're way off in the distance and they're just kind of give me a thumbs up and, and just seeing what happened. And um, that led to being homeschooled. And then that led to, uh, fascination with martial arts when I was nine, 10 years old. And then that led to doing these competitions. And by the time I was like 20 years old, I was competing in these uh, God awful illegal bar fights that were in uh, San Antonio, Texas, no rules, no weight limit, no time limit, no safety equipment. Uh, it was like fight club, except you could talk about it a lot because you tried to sell tickets though, because you got a portion of the tickets. And I learned very quickly what, what was theory and what was a result. And I, and I learned to be incredibly skeptical of anything that sounded good, but didn't produce a measurable result um, because the consequences were severe and they were immediate. So I, get, I developed a very healthy relationship with curiosity. Um, at the same time, I didn't have the, the uh, temptation of getting too far into something that couldn't produce a result on Thursday night when I fought. And so 
as I began to find ways to quiet my nerves, I got into meditation. Uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep for days before a fight. So I learned all of these ways of calming my brain and, and uh, becoming more, you know, just more reflection. And, and then those, I, I did pretty well. I won most fights. I lost two in spectacular fashion, uh, one of which best, absolutely the best physical experience I've ever had. It was a glorious beat down. The dude outweighed me by like 40 pounds and his corner had covered his whole body in Vaseline. So I couldn't take him down with jujitsu because they knew that's what I was going to do. They've been watching me fight all season. And you know, I weighed like 145 pounds, same thing I do today. And this, I couldn't beat this guy. And he lit me up, man. I was eating punches like crazy. Hundreds of people watching. It was the worst beating of my life. And I went to the hospital afterwards. I had a collapsed lung. I had a concussion. I was messed up. But that was the night that I really got it experientially that I have a body, but I'm not my body. And I am, and I think we all are, extensions of consciousness that for whatever reason chooses to individuate itself into these physical 3D forms so that we can experience duality and choice and free will and all that cool, sexy stuff. So I wouldn't trade that night for anything um, because of the experience that it gave me. And, and this is something that's a, a huge part of the work that I do now. Everybody's got their version of that. Um, you know, everybody's got traumatic experiences. I personally think being born is the most traumatic experience because before you get here man you got room service 24 7 you're <laughs> warm and you know it's dark and you got the best house music in the world you know doom, 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 doom. right exactly and then all of a sudden you're just like what the fuck is going on and you just like pop out and it's cold and bright and i think that probably had to be pretty traumatic so i think we've all had things that you know maybe we wish didn't but ultimately I, I, I don't subscribe to the um, immutability of linear time. I think it's a very useful illusion, but I don't think it's an absolute. I think it's more of an agreement, uh, part of the code of this, this game that we're playing. So that being said, the past isn't real. Only thinking about it now is. And so um, that's informed my approach and it's informed my philosophies. And I've managed to shorten my time horizons down to almost zero to where I don't know what I'm going to say next. I don't know what's going to happen next. And it's really expanded his sense of presence. And so all of that led to me building martial arts school. And then I applied the same sort of results only philosophy. And I became super skeptical of marketers that would come in and tell me, oh, place an ad in the yellow pages. Remember those? And I'm thinking, oh, then I'll be successful. Here, take $800 a month for 36 months. That'll do the trick. <laughs> Instead, I had to keep living with my dad. Uh, I, I did graduate homeschool when I was 17 and moved out. That's how you graduate homeschool, you move out. Um, I went back for my master's in homeschooling at 21, moved back in with my dad. <laughs> but I kept applying all of this, hey, if it works, I'll do it. If it doesn't work, I'm out. And uh, the school was successful. I ended up opening another one and eventually training my students how to teach and how to market and how to sell. And, and uh, it got to the point where we had eight schools and a consulting company. And um, that's actually when I first became aware of you, Sean, because I was sort of connected to uh, Joe and Dean a little bit through the podcast. And then I started to be more involved with more people that know you. Uh, Kevin Thompson became a great friend and one of my first clients, actually. And so there started to be all this overlap. And I was like, wow, I still felt totally outside the marketing world. Um, I still do um, very intentionally. It's more art at this point. But uh, I ended up opening all these schools. And one day I just I was actually laying naked in Burning Man, just in the middle of the desert with nobody around me. And I thought, what am I doing? This life is over. Like, it's not me anymore. So I sold my schools and uh, had no idea what I was going to do in 2013. One day I made a video, put it on Facebook. I had like 300 friends on Facebook. And most of them were my actual friends. And, and about 10% uh, of them had my actual last name. So you know, it's like when you, when you send out an email and the first person to buy is like a relative, you're like, yes, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't count. So I made a video and, and that video ended up getting more shares than I had Facebook friends. And it was just one of those, you know, it felt like it was time. So I started making videos and since then have developed a, a pretty uh, fulfilling consulting practice and have written tons of programs around mindset and ethical cult building and um, how to how to sell through Facebook lives which I still 
have no formula for, but I invite people to watch a breakdown. Uh, we've done some, you know, multiple six-figure launches with all organic advertising on, on three days inspiration, like, oh, let's do this thing. And then I'll make a couple of posts, do a video, and next thing you know, a lot of people are happy. So I still don't know what I do. I just recognize that we all operate on a certain frequency. And for whatever reason, um, when I get together with people who are cool, who have some sense of what they want and who are willing to test some theories um, and judge by results, pretty, pretty interesting things tend to happen. Awesome. I totally love <laughs> all of that because you're, <laughs> you know, it's so resonant with, with how we think and who we want to be in the world. I especially loved in your bio, I was reading it earlier and saw that you had the same notion that I did at, at one point in time that like, hey, I'm really good at what I do. Where are all the people? Why don't they just right. like, why don't right. they know that that is, you know, that I can help them so well. It would be so amazing. When I first became a coach, that was my thing. I was like, Seriously. marketing, no, I hate it. I don't want anything yep. to do with it, being slick and salesy. And so I very much resonated with that. So thank you for <laughs> sharing that. I love that. Yeah, well, you guys, you guys roll on that same frequency. I mean, you guys, you guys have your own way of being yourselves in the world. And, and I, man, I really, I respect that so much because I, I think in a society that's engineered for conformity, to live authentically is, is actually to exist in a sort of permanently altered state. And so you just automatically have this sort of, um, you know, what Dan Sullivan would call an unfair advantage. You know, you just have this, this way of being in the world that people want and at that point, it really doesn't matter what you do. What they want is who you be because it reminds them of who they want to be. And when they show up, you bill them. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> I have a question that's got four parts to it. Oh, lovely. It's based on an acronym, HERB, H-E-R-B, okay? I love that you turn British when you say that word. Yeah, HERB or HERB, <laughs> however you want to take it, yep. Yeah, or that one. Or that one. <laughs> so the H stands for habits. Can you walk us through some of the habits that you have stuck to to help you create happiness and wealth in your life? Brilliant frame. Uh, I'll, I'll give two real quick. One is a, is a physical habit and one is more of a philosophical habit. Uh, physical habit, without question, is taking time every day uh, to, to sort of go into the void and to step out of this, you know, sights and sounds of the world and just get still and silent uh, and, and in solitude. And so whether that's meditation or just kind of sitting there by myself and just thinking my thoughts, not moving, there's no particular pattern or formula for it. I, I do have a meditation that I have found that I like a lot, but it's more about making that a, a dedicated practice. And uh, if, I, if I miss that or decide that something else is more important, things get weird. So um, I found that that's a, a very rejuvenative, very creative, very powerful place to be in is that that silence every day. And philosophically, there, there's a, uh, a great gift that I think we all have uh, the ability to give. And it's sort of pushed aside as if it's not that valuable or if it's some sort of luxury. But I think the greatest gift that any of us can give is the gift of our well-being and the gift of our own joy and our bliss and our own happiness. And since no one outside of us can determine what that is, that means that the responsibility is on us to A, find out what makes us happy and B, live according to that every day. And sometimes it means that you are not going to get approval or you're going to experience criticism, but that's anybody critiquing us because they don't like the way we're doing things is just demonstrating their own lack of emotional mastery that they're expecting us to behave different so they can be happy. That's like some sort of weird emotional metaphysical terrorism, you know, like I'll feel good if you do this. So philosophically, I found that to be a very useful habit is to just the greatest gift is the gift of our own happiness. And, uh, and I think along with that comes granting people the freedom to just, you know, have their own experience and not feel the need to deviate from our center just to appease somebody else. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really believe that that a term unfuckable with when you are, <laughs> right when you are yes. completely uh, disconnected. Isn't it unfuckwithable. Unfuckwithable. I think they're both. I think they're interchangeable. 
I have it right here because I was looking at it <laughs> and I, uh, right. <laughs> I want to make sure that I get it. Well, he's looking. I, I, I do want to get a t-shirt for, for a girlfriend that just says, I'm with fuckable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's a whole different with deal. With an arrow. <laughs> it's a whole different deal when it goes that way. Look at it. I'm going I'm I'm to push this, this, uh, this into, into, edit, into censorship territory as far as I can. This is It us. won't happen with you guys, I'm sure. It's us. It's already there. Uh, yeah. What you're saying <laughs> totally goes back to what you were saying earlier, just about being authentic. It's, it's you doing you and allowing other people to do whatever they are going to do and just being totally cool and rock solid with that. Yeah, so it's unfuckable with. No, no. read that. Oh, this is my dyslexia. I have really bad dyslexia. Unfuckwithable. Oh. When you're, oh, when you're, don't, don't, I'm unfuckwithable, okay? <laughs> when you're truly at peace and in touch with yourself and nothing anyone says or does bothers you and no negativity or drama can touch you. Yeah, totally. Wow. So, oh please tell me that's in please tell me that's in Merriam-Webster or something. Yeah, right. That would be so awesome. Yeah, definitely. Probably should be in the what's the other one? The Ghetto Dictionary. The Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, moving from the habits, yes, into the E, which stands for environment. What do you intentionally? put in and take out of your environments. And by environments, I mean where you live, uh, where you work, what you drive, who you hang out with, like your environments, the, the stuff that you surround yourself with. This is, this is awesome, man. Uh, I, I literally this morning just recorded a, uh, an episode for, uh, for my podcast on this exact thing, freedom of location, and, and having emotional freedom within your environments. So same page, shocking. Yeah, so so I found uh, on the work side. Um, I mean, I've had team. You know, last year we we had nine people that were kind of working on things, and and we tripled revenues, and it was really cool, and got to experience scaling for the first time, which previously I thought only happened when you were fishing. Apparently, it's a marketing thing, and that was cool. But I also it got in the way of the art, and it got in the way of of the person that I was helping or the people that I was helping. So, environment for me now, currently at the time of this recording, means that everything that I do professionally must be able to be done on my phone. Does not require a laptop. Does not require an iPad. Does not require a microphone. Does not require an external camera. Everything that I'm doing can be done from my phone, and if it can't be done on my phone, I don't allow it to be introduced into my business. Um, that is an experiment that I'm running. It seems to be working very, very well because it allows me minimal interference between uh, myself and the audience. And so I feel a clearer signal and a much more intimate connection uh, that way. So environmentally for me right now, that's very important. Um, and that also allows me freedom of location. So I'm alternating right now between being nomadic and having a home uh, in Austin, which is where I am right now. And I, and I think because this ties into all of these other forms of wealth, you know, wealth is not just financial, it's emotional and it's having the freedom to go and explore things and go and, 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 and experience different foods and different people. And, and so environmentally, uh, I think anybody listening to this has their own unique flavor of what that means to them. And so if you're not living in a place that, that fires you up, well, then make it so that it fires you up. You don't need to move places. You'll be taking yourself with you. But maybe get rid of some of the shit that's in your closet. You know, maybe put a little, you know, free library in your front yard and, and stock it with books that you don't want anymore. Trust me, they, they will be liberated. Yeah. And just, just do the, make your place the way that, that your future self would be proud of. And that doesn't require spending a ton of money and moving. Although my experience is that by living in this flow and living in this, this way of, of, of appreciation and, and upgrading my environments, I found that more and more resources flow in to travel and to upgrade and, and to you know, live wherever I, I want to live, not, not bound by money, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, and you teed me up perfectly because from environment, the R in herb is resources. What are the books, courses, programs, videos? What has really, uh, what have you steeped yourself in? What has what made up your 
way of being that you would recommend other people check out? Uh, yeah, around, around wealth and happiness. Uh, one of the first authors that I was exposed to was uh, Stuart Wilde. And one, one of my first mentors recommended it. I read it. I was like, this is some weird shit, but let me test it. So I read it. I tested it. I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. And uh, that, that really affected my trajectory. And then, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of, you know, I mean, I've been exposed to a lot of stuff that's out there in the world. Um, a lot of it I found cool and useful. Much of it I found very gimmicky and very um, kind of manufactured. And as I got more involved in the industry, so to speak, I just started to see a discrepancy between, you know, how people were on stage and who they were, you know, three margaritas in at the bar, the hotel. I'm like, wait a minute, but, but, oh shit. And I was very disillusioned because I never wanted to be that way. And now here's some of the people that I, you know, allowed myself to put on a pedestal. I was like, oh fuck, everybody's just human. That's cool. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to just do my own thing for a while. So the biggest source of information and inspiration right now is in reading transcripts of live talks that are in flow because it's all stimulated by the audience. They ask questions, answers are coming in, you know, and the answers, sure, they're, they're sort of born on the back of a few decades of training and sales and marketing and all this stuff. But I get so much juice and so much energy from reading everybody's dialogue with each other in the Facebook groups and all of that. Um, so that's, that's not a, you know, like super, you know, like a big recommendation, but I think we all have, we all leave trails behind us of genius and, and wisdom. And if we can maybe investigate those a little bit more, I think there's a lot more gold there than, than a lot of people give themselves credit for. Do you have a book that you would tend to uh, really align with in terms of your life? Like, is there a book that you're like, Sean, if you read this one book, you would get my soul. Uh, I'm writing it. So I'm working on it. Nice. When, it's, when it's done, you guys will know. Um, yeah. But, but the, uh, a couple of years ago, this, this couple this is more like 12. Uh, my mom of all people said, Hey, uh, here's a CD. I think you should listen to it. I was like, okay. And it was, um, not, not one of the Abraham Hicks books, but it was an Abraham book, but it was like a trilogy. It was like written for kids and it was called Sarah friends of a feather or some shit like that. I don't remember the exact title, but I remember hearing that. And then I went back and got the book. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I feel like I'm reading my own life. Like, I've always had the sense that, hey, everything's cool. Like, don't, don't stress out. Everything always works out. And I'm reading this story, which is very simply written, very accessible. Um, and I've recommended a couple of people, and they're like, it can't be that easy. I'm like, okay, sign up for the 90-day program. I'll charge you a bunch of money. And then I just basically tell them the same things are in that book. And they're like, I get it. <laughs> and they pay they pay attention yeah, so. totally totally and well, that's most, cool. people think, most people think that the solutions need to be as complex as the problems right? dude yes yes amen to that and there's just ain't the case yeah i boil it down to problems are perplexing but solutions are simple it's just how it works i might so, just have that tattooed on onto my brain there you go <laughs> so rounding out this question the B, this one's going to be, I think, really hard for him. I can't wait to hear his answer on yeah. this one. The B stands for beliefs. What are some beliefs you have about yourself that or, you, or the world, or, the world or, or humanity? Just what are some of the beliefs that make up Jesse Elder? Uh, I'll, sh I'll share with you. Yeah, this is, this is definitely, like if I had to pick one, this is, this is the one that I would pick and just live the rest of my life with. Uh, and I alluded to it earlier, and it's around time. Um, I've had some, some very interesting experiences with time, with memory and imagination, and I have come to believe, based on results and based on experience, that um, this whole idea of past and future are suggestions, they're agreements, but they're not um, fixed realities. And so I live my life continually aware of a future version of me that is the optimal ideal version except i don't believe that that is a separate not happened yet thing i think that the the what we call the future really is happening right now just elsewhere uh in, in a different part of of our our awareness 
and that that dude is every bit as real as I am right now. And through this uniquely human miracle of imagination, I can imagine what that guy's doing and I can actually see decisions he's made. I can see the life that he has is very compelling. And this is where it gets weird and, and cool. Um, I can also, weird. yeah, now it's going to get weird now. <laughs> yeah, baby, bring it, it on. was already weird it and it weird. will continue to be weird yeah good well we're, we're about to get get um, 10x weird um i can imagine that dude in the future that is the best possible version of me and and there's an energy there there's a, a very compelling like, wow that's it's like you know preview of coming attractions kind of thing however i can also remember and I can think back to when, you know, the, that version of me was in the, the sweaty nightclub that smelled like beer and, and tiger balm and blood and, and grossness. And I was getting my ass beat in this, this no rules fight. And I can remember that. But even the, the night of that fight, I could imagine myself thinking forward to the future and wishing that I could have all these dreams come true. Well, past, present, and future. Three very seemingly distinct, different ideas. But then I started to play with this and I started to wonder, well, if that version that I was, was imagining who I am today. And if I right now can think back and remember to who I was, what if that is the same thought? being received from a different direction what if it's the actually the same thought it's like if music is playing and you can hear it in one room and i can hear it here and you guys can hear it there well it doesn't matter who pressed play the music's playing in both rooms if we, if we hit play right now you'd hear it there in your house i'd hear it in mine it doesn't really matter who hit play if, if i'm representing the future and you guys represent the present if i press play and that song that thought that emotion starts playing and perhaps that vibrates at a level higher than, than, than the, the agreement of linear time. So me in the future, thinking that thought is a memory. I'm remembering you in the, in the present. Or are you in the present imagining me in the future? Well, I think that maybe there's no difference. And so the, the greatest, most effective belief that I found is that it's all happening right now. And if I can just chill the fuck out on my logic and I can use logic as the app that it's intended to be, not the OS that we're taught that it is, then I can actually receive information and start to get inspiration on demand. I can make my intuition tactical so that I can start getting hits and ideas and nudges from this best possible future version of me who I don't believe is in the future. I think he's alive and kicking right now and he's always there. I can always connect with him. He'll always tell me exactly what to do. And I've chosen to live my life according to this. I've, I've been split testing paradigms since I was 19 or 20 years old. And this beats the control every fucking time. I love it. You know, talking just about that idea of stacking time versus linear time. It's like you took Dan Sullivan's version of the gap and closed it. Mm. <laughs> because it's mm. like your ideal best self is out there somewhere in the future. And you're like, why not now? Right. That's awesome. And, and that, Mindy, that's, that's really, really brilliantly expressed. Um, I, I, well, first of all, anytime I can be mentioned in the same sentence as Dan, it's like, oh, fanboy. But, but the, um, the, the, the feeling that it's actually happening right now really suspends a whole bunch of disbelief. And I've talked to people in the NLP world who are like, oh, that's timeline therapy. I'm like, mm, okay. I don't think it's a therapy. I don't think it's a concept. I have a very, um, a very real sense of all of these selves. And, um, you know, I don't know that that's not the case. And, and luckily, I'm not having to, to publish papers that are peer reviewed and that I have to defend a thesis and all of that massive respect for people that have. Um, I'm just a dude who found some shit that seems to produce really cool results and clients fly in. We do this whole time piercing thing and it just displaces all of the murkiness and cloudiness and wondering and all other people's unqualified opinions and all that shit. And then they're just like, Oh, and they make the call. They do the thing. They propose marriage. They do all this stuff and they just immediately merge it's like changing channels on or, or, or changing songs. You know, if, if I'm on my phone, listening to country music for some unknown ungodly reason, not to 
make fun of country music and I'm not trying to denigrate anyone who likes country music. Uh, and if you like country music, denigrate means to put down. <laughs> this is going to be comedy hour too. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so if I'm, if country music's playing on my phone for some odd reason, I don't take my phone to the Apple store and say, Hey, something's wrong with my phone. You know, it's playing the wrong music. Um, I think it's got really deep seated issues, probably dating back to the factory. The Apple tech will look at you and go, uh, okay, what, what, uh, what do you want to hear there, buddy? And be like, well, not country music. Okay. We, we get you. What, what do you want to hear? <laughs> not country music. It's been playing country music for, for 20 years. Okay. So what do you want to hear, buddy? Um, you know, I, I actually just want to hear a little, little Coltrane. You know, I just want to hear a little jazz. And they're like, okay, hold on. They take the phone. They get on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever. And they go, John Coltrane. And they press play. And the thing starts playing. Because the music is not in the phone. The phone is a receiver and a transmitter, a vibrational frequency that is in the cloud. So all of these versions of ourselves, first is a thought, then is a feeling, then is a belief, then is a behavior, then is a result. Can, we can just blink those versions in. And it doesn't require, in my experience, facing our fears. It doesn't require getting outside our comfort zone. Um, you just stop being uncomfortable with the stuff that you used to freak out about. And I've seen people do this with everything from intimacy to what one dude forgot to have cancer. Those were, his, those were his words. He said, I just forgot to have cancer. I went back for a checkup. The doctor's like, what happened? He's like, what do you mean? They're like, you're cancer free. So yeah, I'm not a doctor. I, 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 don't have, I don't have any education, actually. I've never taken a test in my life, except for my driver's license. Failed that the first time. But perseverance. I just care about people, and I care what works. And I also recognize everybody's free to do whatever the hell they want to do. And, and that's why I don't spend money on marketing. That's why I don't try and force it. I don't promote myself. I just talk a bunch and I figure the right people, or not the right, but the people who this stuff resonates with will find it. And those who don't, cool. I'm not, I'm not interested in chasing them. Uh, Sean, that's a long ass answer to your question, man. That's the belief that I found most useful is that time is a very useful illusion, but it is not real. Gotcha. Hell yeah. So I want to talk money. Okay. This is a two-part question. The first Great. part, I'm going to give both at the same time. One is, how do you define wealth? And secondly, regardless of what that wealth looks like, I want you to talk about money because I read this thing on your website, how to stop screwing yourself over financially. And when I read things like that, I think, oh, why didn't I know him 20 years ago? You did, according to him. Well, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, like, <laughs> you probably don't know this, but my story is hugely financial chaos with bankruptcy, foreclosure, basically oh. my business, the whole... She, she checked off all the boxes. All of, everything bad with money, I did that. So then I read these things, how to stop screwing yourself over financially, and I'm like, yes, let's talk about that, because so many people get stuck there. So first, I want to know your definition of wealth, and then let's talk about not screwing yourself over in that camp. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, uh, very important topic. Wealth, uh, in my study and, and observation of it, in, in my own experience and in the experience of others, um, I think is, is having expanding options and the energy to execute on the best next thing. And so that includes, but it's certainly not limited to money. Um, some of the wealthiest people that I know are, are literally gig to gig, you know, they're, they're, they're musicians or artists or Uber drivers or whatever. And they're just like, uh, I don't know, the money, the money somewhere else is just in somebody else's account and I'll, I'll get it in my account soon enough for what I need it for. And they live very carefree, very happy lives. They don't focus on retirement. Um, and that I realize that may be scary for some people, but for them operating as self-authorized entities requiring permission from no one, they're actually living very wealthy lives. Their options are expanding in proportion to their imagination and the resources to execute on those options are, are showing up right on time. So I think that that's wealth. Uh, I, I stopped attaching wealth uh, 
to money um, when I began to observe so many people, clients and eventually friends who had, you know, net worth of nine figures and who, you know, had family members that took their own life, multiple family members taking their own life. And so this person is emotionally just devastated. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see that money has any energy to it at all. Uh, I think I observe that human beings have a lot of energy around money, but money by itself is an emotionally neutral resource. Um, my, my dear friend and, and uh, often mentor, Ron Lynch, is a phenomenal mind marketer. Uh, he's the guy that took GoPro from like 600,000 to 60 million in a couple of years. And, uh, and he taught me a lot about money as, as an emotionally neutral resource. And he said, uh, you know, when you're, when you're driving your car and you see the fuel tank getting low, you don't have a freak out. You know, you don't, you don't worry about your limiting beliefs around gasoline and, you know, you don't go back to the origin of when you first started to run low and what did your parents believe about fuel? No, you go get some more fuel. And so not having a lot of emotion around it, in my case, it was a lot of fear, a lot of judgment. Um, you know, we didn't have very much money growing up or hardly any, but it didn't matter. Like we never felt poor. And so it wasn't until I was like 18, 19, 20 years old that I started to want more things and allow myself to want them. That's when I felt frustrated that I didn't have the money to do it. So wealth is, uh, again, I, I feel an expanding set of options and the energy uh, and, and the resources to execute on the, on the best options that, that are available to you. Uh, with that being said, screwing yourself over financially is first and foremost an emotional experience. And uh, when I observe anybody, including myself, uh, a lot in the past, that other version of me who's broke as fuck and cursing the fact that he's broke, uh, man, I send that dude love like every chance I get. I'm like, chill out, man. Like, chill out. You're okay. You, you are not your money. So just, just chill out. And what I found is that because everything that we touch, everything that we do has an energetic component to it. It has our energy in it. And people's energy uh, is, is drawn to what we put our energy into. And this is, again, from Stuart Wilde. You know, you put your energy into stuff and people are going to show up. And when they show up, bill them. I mean, have something to sell because it's not about you. It's not like you're going to keep the money. You're just steering the money. And so when we're screwing ourselves over financially is when we're wrapping our identity up in how much money we have. And just in the last three years, I guess, what is this, 2019? Like, yeah, last three years, there's been uh, twice that I've had no money. Like $4.86 in my checking account. Like yeah, no money. <laughs> yeah. And, and my ego is like, oh, my God, you're supposed to be this teacher and coach and all this. I was like, oh, I have exactly as much as I give a shit about. And one time I flew back to San Antonio after being all nomadic. I went through really like Shakespearean breakup. It was like, uh, and I dealt with it by traveling. That was my coping mechanism. I'm just going to travel. I'm going to get out of here. That'll work. <laughs> so I'm traveling the world on American Express points, didn't have much money, ended up flying back to San Antonio using the last of my Amex points for Uber, which Uber is taking, and getting back to the house of a friend who I was staying at. I had gotten a care package from uh, Baby Bathwater Institute, which is an amazing group of entrepreneurs. Uh, it's actually the only mastermind that I'm uh, uh, invested in. I, I love those dudes. And they sent a care package that had some swag in it, like beef jerky bar, athletic greens. And I ate swag for dinner. <laughs> and this is like 2016. And this is hilarious to me. And I look at it now. And I, I just, you know, we, the last launch that we did, we, we did a little over 150,000 in two hours and 47 minutes, all profit because there's no ad spend. There's no team to pay for. There's, there's no other investments. It was all profit. And I'm just thinking, like, I feel kind of the same way about that as I did eating that beef jerky and drinking athletic greens. Like that's a neat part of the game, but it doesn't define me. It's like watching a TV show where a character dies and you're like, Oh, that's a great actor. You're like, hey, is that a Starbucks cup? But the, the feeling of, 
of getting all emotionally wrapped up in money, that is the biggest way that we can screw ourselves over, is somehow making the classical, culturally approved of mistake that you are your money. And it's, and it's absolutely false. And so separating oneself from money, not by not having it, but by just repeating over and over, I have money, but I'm not my money. And the amount of money that we have at any given time is the perfect uh, uh, reflection, the perfect proportionate reflection of what we have been expecting. And this is where you started to get a little, you know, the secret and, you know, get all law of attraction. -y. Um, I don't, not believe in the law of attraction, but I'm an equal believer in the law of traction. And so as you get inspired and all fired up, great, let that go until it combusts and you, you get your ass out the door and you go do something in the world. Um, I think that's a really powerful way to attract money is to go and ask people to participate in what you're doing. And if you can't do that because you lack self-confidence and self-worth, well, confidence, I think Joe says this, that, that confidence comes from evidence. You know, you, and he probably got it from you, Sean, but I'll give you a little credit. But, but the idea of waiting until you feel confident is absurd. It doesn't happen. Confidence is a reward, not the prerequisite. So um, where does money come from? I ask people this all the time in trainings, and everybody says the weirdest answers. Where does money come from? Hmm. Alignment. Okay. Where does money come from? Hmm. Hustle. Where does money come from? Hard work. Where does money come from? value creation i'm like cool uh none of i don't think any of those are are inaccurate um i think they're all incomplete though where does money come from other people's bank accounts <laughs> and to my observation that's the only place it comes from <laughs> so instead of you know meditating and money you know waiting for the money to drop on you how about Get your ass up and go and learn something useful and put your energy into it with an attitude of, yes, I can. And why not? I mean, I just don't think I can't do something. And it's weird. The, the, this world has a way of reflecting that back. And I know that might not sound very valuable for somebody who feels stuck financially. But if you feel stuck financially, it's because you've been tricked uh, and addicted to reality. You, you think reality is real and it's not. Reality is residue. What you see and hear and feel and taste and touch today is the echo of your previous MO, your previous manifestational output, what you were seeing and thinking and feeling and expecting. And then you wake up, you see the same bank account, you're like, I knew it, not knowing you're casting a spell that you're then going to pick up tomorrow. I've, I see people do this all the time. They turn their financial lives around in like 20 or 30 days by noticing their improved frequency around this thing that humans call money. And little things like just affirming that, hey, there's plenty out there, getting a coach, getting a mentor, have, having them sort of, uh, you can borrow belief from them. You might not think you can do it, but they think you can do it. You're like, okay, I'll trust you. And next thing you know, you're closing sales like crazy. And then you have some evidence. So there, there's a whole lot of ways of doing this, but it, it all comes back to the, to the same thing, that screwing yourself over financially, screwing yourself over in terms of intimacy, screwing yourself over uh, in terms of your own mental clarity, that's all an inside job. And at any moment, you can begin to shift your frequency. You can begin to reach for a better feeling thought. Um, practice what I call strategic ignorance and just ignore anything that doesn't fire you up. Uh, one of our students in, in the Ultimate Mind, the program that I have, he coined the best word. He calls it discipline. Discipline. You just have discipline where you have this sort of dedication to making bliss your boss and not taking orders from anything else. And man, I'd, I'd love that. I wish I'd come up with it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I was just curious, Jesse, if you resonate with the concept that I have had at times, I'm open to letting it go if you think there's another concept that could be greater for me. Uh, but I felt like that there's a portal that gives me access to divine wisdom that doesn't come from me, but through me. And I feel like there are times in my life that portal is wide open. And like just the shit that's coming out of my mouth, I am learning from myself because it's coming through me, not from me. And then there's times where it feels like the portal is really closed down 
And I'm like, everything I say sounds trite and ridiculous and other people are saying it and I don't even like what I'm saying. And I feel like I'm always trying to figure out how to get that portal back open. Is it meant to, is it meant to close and open or is it just a concept in my mind? What is your thoughts on this portal and see, see how you could uh, either upgrade it or confirm it? Yeah, I, I can 100% confirm it uh, in, in my experience as well. Uh, I, I think there is that, and I love that term portal, man. It's so, it's so kinesthetic and visual and it's so just real. Um, and, and man, I've, I've had, I've had some, uh, <laughs> I've had some, some memorable experiences around the portal. Uh, I've asked for it and I've been like flattened on my back and just all of a sudden feeling like, Oh shit, this must be what a Tesla feels like when it's getting an over the upgrade. I'm like, ah, it's a weird, weird feeling. And it, and it is so rich in information and you just know and you're just in flow and you can do no wrong and you're just invincible. And it is, addic not addictive, but it's incredibly attractive. I mean, to live that way, come on, who wouldn't want to live that way all the time? It's intoxicating. That's a perfect word, man. That's exactly it. It's, it is intoxicating. And in my experience, when that sort of dissipated and went away, uh, I started to freak the fuck out. It was like, no, like it was, it was like, there's a horribly sad, beautiful book called Flowers for Algernon. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know that book? Oh, my God. I wept reading that book, man. You know, this guy's getting smarter, and then he starts losing. Like, oh. And so I felt like that. You know, I felt like the dude in the book who, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm losing my manifestational powers. I'm losing access to God, the source. Oh. And eventually, I just stopped fighting that, and I started thinking about it more as, as uh, breathing. You know, the, the universe is just breathing and, and when it's, when it's inhaling and then and there's that inspiration, uh, all of a sudden, oh shit, here's the ideas. Okay. All right. Let me get a journal. Let me, let me go teach. Let me book a tour. Let me do a Facebook live. Let me get some clients. Let me, you know, let me, let me be the, the, the me that I'm supposed to be in this zone. And then when it, when the waves go back out, I don't try and chase them. Those are the times that I just get busy playing piano. I, I um, do my best rendition of a slug and I just kind of lay there and, uh, you know, read or, or, you know, go, go out in the world and, and do relatively, you know, mortal, normal things. And I just have learned to trust that the flow always comes back in. Um, one thing that I have found is that um, the more that I've gotten used to, to sort of playing with this power and, and allowing myself to be as much of a conduit for it as possible, um, there is a definite, oh, this is weird, man. I, I don't really talk about this. You guys are, you're doing something to me. Um, yeah, this is very private. I, I, every time I give a talk, uh, a tour, uh, a speech on stage or whatever else, everything I do is in flow. I don't use PowerPoint. I don't use um, I don't have a script. I don't, I don't, I'm not aiming for certain things. I do spend time with the audience or the company or the individual so I can kind of feel where they're at. But once I, once I hit play, once I get on stage, it's, it's not me anymore. It's that thing, that power. And I get to be there with it every time when it's over and I step off stage, hit upload on the video. And then you wait and then you hear that magical ding your Facebook live is now on Facebook. Okay, good. Every time it's over, I just get really still. And sometimes I close my eyes. Sometimes I don't. And I'm just, I just wait. And every single time I get one of two experiences. I either feel, um, it's, uh, it feels very uh, like almost parent like 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 a pat on the back like good job like you did it very very affirming um and and occasionally there will be the absence of that and there won't be any judgment there won't be any i should have done something different it's just kind of nothing and those are the times that i know that i was trying too hard i was aiming for an outcome i was you know, using some NLP to try and get an outcome for the audience and acting all benevolent on their behalf as if that's my fucking job. So it's either that absolute affirmation or the absence of that affirmation. This is 
been a very interesting experience because I've, I've taught thousands of hours live. Um, I've taught something like 40,000 classes, martial arts, mindset, meditation, sales, marketing, et cetera. And every single time, and when I think back, that's always the, uh, the experience. That affirmation is there or it's not. And as I've learned to trust whatever is supposed to happen to come through, not in a disassociated way where I don't take responsibility for my powers of communication because I recognize that I do have that, you have that, we all have that. But I, I can ask for that portal to show up. I can ask for the clarity that, that I want. I can ask, some, sometimes I won't even know what to do next. And so I'll just sit down with a piece of paper and, and I'll just write out a few times and say, I want to know what I want. You know, I just want to know what I want. Jeff, I, just like, I have just got to say this. You are my spirit animal. And uh, I want you to know that. And you are a commercial for homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. So, Jesse, as we wrap this awesome time up, we've yeah. so enjoyed this conversation. And I look Likewise. And many, many more. One of the things we like to ask all of our guests is if you would just close your eyes and allow that awareness to drop down into your heart. And my favorite thing about podcasting is there's always somebody out there that is just hanging on every word that you are saying and just really needs whatever, whatever you've got to give them. So I would ask you, what would you say to that person right now, just straight from your heart? Yeah, go right after this podcast, go take two or three minutes and go look in the mirror and allow yourself the excruciating luxury of making unbroken eye contact with yourself for at least two minutes without judgment until you reach a space of unconditional self-acceptance, unconditional appreciation for the being that's looking back at you from behind those eyes. Because far more important than, than who you are is what you are. And that is a, that is a, 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 a question worth asking. Awesome. Thank you so much. We, Thank you, guys. Wow. What a, what, a, what a gift to share this space. Spending more time together in the future. And yeah. if you're listening, thank you so much. We we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Lucrative Society. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure and subscribe to The Lucrative Society on iTunes and leave a review of the podcast. For more information on our programs, visit our website at lucra.com. That's L-U-C-R-A dot com. <laughs>